The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest show. We record this on November 7th, a Sunday. Now, normally we don't do a Sunday podcast, but this Sunday is a little bit different than most. And the reason is, is that this Sunday is exactly five days after the World Series. Now, if you weren't aware, that means a few things. One, five days after the World Series is the deadline by which you have to decide whether you're picking up a player option or whether a mutual option is being picked up or whether... Uh, a team is picking up an option. Uh, also, on that fifth day at 5 o'clock, minor league players that have played six full seasons in the minors uh, without being put on the 40-man roster now become free agents. And beyond that, injured players on the 60-day IL have to be reinstated. And obviously, this applies to the race in a number of ways. And it's why, A, they picked up the option, the $7 million uh, team option, of Mike Sonino, which is we blogged about at raiseradio.mlblogs.com. really was, I think, a no-brainer for Tampa Bay. I also thought it was a pretty easy decision for the Rays to decide to put Rene Pinto on the roster. Rene hit 20 homers this year, had better than an 800 OPS between double and triple A. He's a catcher who was on the taxi squad, if you didn't know it, during the course of the postseason. He's been in spring training a number of times. He really blossomed this year as a 24-year-old, so he's now the third catcher on the 40-man, joining Zanino and Francisco Mejia. And the Rays decided to designate for assignment Adam Conley, a lefty reliever, to make room for him. And the reason they could do that is because they do have a few lefty relievers that they reinstated from the 60-day injured list, including Colin Pochet, Jalen Beeks, and Jeffrey Springs, so it gives the race some depth in that area. They also reinstated, as expected, Ryan Thompson, Tyler Glasnow, and also Yanni Chirinos. Now, on the podcast today, we're going to focus on the catching side of things. Uh, Mike Zanino will join us in a little bit, and we'll discuss what it means to know now that he will be with the Rays for 2022. Uh, when the Rays pick up uh, a an option that they have on a player, they do it knowing they're going to keep that player. I think they've always been really honorable about that. Uh, remember, when they didn't pick up Charlie Morton's option, the reason was is that while they wanted to see if they could work out a deal, they weren't going to pick up the $15 million option to trade him. Um, and there was a lot of uncertainty last season with the pandemic, etc. But this year, they felt that picking up the Zanino option obviously was reasonable, understandable, uh, based on all he produced last year and what they think he's capable of in 2022, for sure. We're also going to hear from Jeff McLaren. Of course, he heads things up on the minor league operations side, and he'll give us some really good perspective on one Rene Pinto and what has allowed him to take a major step forward from an offensive standpoint and also behind the plate, too. But we start with Mike Sonino, and I asked Mike, first of all, what it meant to know that he's coming back to the race. Thank you. Uh, it's extremely exciting. Uh, I mean, I think to, to see the steps that we've taken in the last three years as an organization, as a team, um, you know, to be back, you know, in, in an organization that, you know, I, I think so highly of and, and to be with the guys that, you know, I, I love going and playing with every day. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, see guys continue to grow. I think we saw some of the young talent that we had last year, um, you know, show what they could do. And uh, I'm excited to continue to be a part of that. Um, my family's extremely excited, obviously, uh, being so close to home. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a nice burden off of our family where, where they have plenty of support there. But, uh, no, we're all extremely excited and, uh, you know, chomping, chomping at the bit to get back to it. 
You know, I think most of us who, who have followed the team expected this to happen. Did you expect it to happen? And how did they let you know? Um, I was hoping it happened, uh, you know, but it, it, it's crazy. I mean, we're sort of going into unprecedented times with, you know, we got the collective bargaining agreement coming up. There's a lot of guys that have decisions to be made up in this organization. So, you know, I wasn't trying to get my hopes up, but, uh, you know, I, I was just sort of trying to stay at even keel as possible. But uh, I, I was able to find out, uh, I got a call yesterday afternoon from Eric. Um, you know, he, he's always been so personable with how he, handles things, was able to snag a couple minutes and, and give me a phone call and then uh, gave me a text message today. So it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and like I said, a lot of, a lot of hoping that they would, and, and we'd be back here. How many immediate text messages did you get from teammates or did you let them know before the news got out? No, I kept it pretty quiet. Uh, my phone's going off a couple of times. I've, I've seen uh Westie's in there. Q's been in there, but, uh, you know, it's been pretty quiet, but I'm looking forward to have some conversation with some guys already. Um, you know, it, it was a topic of discussion when, you know, the season ends. Um, not easy conversations, but you never know if it's your last time playing with certain people. But, uh, you know, I'll be happy to be back playing with some of these guys. You touched on the young guys. How excited are you to get another full year with Shane McClanahan and then really a full year with Shane Boz, Luis Patino, Drew Rasmussen? I mean, it seems like as talented a young group as the race have had from a rotation standpoint in a while in terms of that much youth. Yeah. I think when you, you've sort of seen this thing come full circle from my first year here to almost where we're back where, you know, you, you saw the emergence of Blake and you saw, you know, we brought Charlie over in glass now. And then there was this transition period last year where we used, you know, a, a, a ton of arms, guys that could just eat up innings and, and did extremely well there. And you saw that youth come up the end, but I think you're going to go back to the conventional way of, you know, where you have those guys, you know, doing what they do for large chunks of the game. They're extremely talented. Okay, like you said, extremely youthful, but, you know, you need that in long seasons. You need that, um, you know, if you want to play deep into October like we want to, because that youth, that energy, that's what, uh, that's what brings us, you know, that extra energy and, and, and extra, you know, camaraderie. How much mentally is this going to help you? You had to go through free agency and didn't officially kind of return to the race until – a month or so into the off season. Now, you know, for sure, Hey, I'm now just building up for March and getting ready for April, whatever. Yeah, it definitely takes, you know, some pressure off uh, a lot of balancing, a lot of weighing, you know, if there was multiple teams or stuff like that, but uh, it, it takes a lot off. Um, the biggest thing for me, it, it gives me a comfort of who I'm working with in the off season, whether it's contacting motor, uh, contacting anybody in the strength and conditioning department of just making sure my body's in the right spot to, to really accomplish what I want to. Um, you know, there's been adjustments made as, as you get older and you play more. And uh, I made some of those adjustments last year. So I'm excited to do more to, uh, you know, sort of help myself out and hopefully put me in a better spot. As you mentioned, you're always learning and growing. What do you want to accomplish in this offseason? Is, is it stay with the program that got you to the kind of season you had? And if anything you tweak, what would it be? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is um, – Last year was just such a such a practice of uh, discipline. How, how disciplined can I be in my routine and my work ethic? And I'm just going to try to bring that here because I feel like if you can continue to do things in the off season, you know that's exactly what brings you success in the season. So I'm going to do that and just continue to try to take care of my body, try to work on flexibility and mobility. Um, you know, trying to be behind the plate as much as I can and staying healthy and, and avoiding um, you know any type of soft tissue injuries or stuff like that um, as wear and tear happens. And in terms of the program, anything that you'll probably do differently or are you still 
kind of staying with what worked and and how often will you get to see motor I guess during the course of the offseason you probably have to make sure to do a lot of it right now just in case something happens with the CBA yeah uh, it's one of those things where you know luckily with motor he's so open he's only you know not, not too far away from us, but I feel our, our terminology and stuff and, and the way stuff is now with video, um, I could just record a hitting session and we could, you know, we have such subtle cues or verbiage that we could use. Um, but I think the biggest thing too that we did was just try to hammer out some basics and not go in. It sounds so weird, not go in so game ready because I've always felt like I've had to go in and had to prove that, you know, all right, this is what it's going to be and go in ready to go in case there are some adjustments I haven't had you know, so many swings of bad habits say that when we get into spring training, we iron some stuff out and really take off. And you mentioned in your Zoom call too, that you started to use the whole field near the end of the season. How do you think you can carry that over into 2022? And why do you think you were able to do that? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is a trust factor of, you know, the new mechanics, um, applying approach to it, um, knowing that you're putting your body in the right spot. Um, a lot of it, there, there's not as much time as, you know, people would imagine to, to make a decision on where you're, where you're swinging. It's all about bat path. It's all about bat plane. Um, so just to trust that that's getting on the right plane and your path is good. And, and the pitch speed and the pitch location is going to dictate where you hit it. Uh, sometimes when there's not that trust into it, you become a little bit quick. And, um, you know, that's what I was getting into early. There was some success there. But I think as you see, you know, the trust go, the ball was dra- being driven a little bit more throughout the field. Um, just allow for, you know, better balance and, and, and better um, ability to cover more pitches. And Mike, um, you know, the race did add a third catcher to the roster and you probably got to know him a little bit in the postseason or Renee Pinto. He was the taxi squad catcher. He's been with the organization for a while. So you might've spent some time with him in spring training. What do you know about him? Because I know he had a great year this year in AAA and obviously earned the chance to be on a 40 man for the first time. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Um, I mean, being able to work for him in spring, uh, he was the first guy out there, the first guy in the weight room getting loose, getting ready to go. Um, so to be able to see him have the success that he did um, for the work that he put in, it doesn't go unnoticed whether, um, you know, guys have 10 years in the big leagues or guy has a couple, you know when guys are putting the work in, and he did. And uh, it, there's nothing more gratifying for seeing people that, that put that work in and have the success to get rewarded like that. I'm excited to get to spring training with him again, continue to work with him and, and Frankie and Hoove and, you know, continue to iron out because we're all just trying to adjust and uh, try to get better any way we can. Well, I think everybody who follows the Rays knows that you know that you have put the work in, certainly, and it's paid off an MVP season this year and hopefully many successful years to come, um, especially in 2022. Uh, Mike, we appreciate a few minutes and uh, we'll see you in spring training. Great. Thanks, Dale. Have a good one. We certainly appreciate the time of Mike Sonino. Congratulate him on the team picking up his option uh, as expected for 2022. And as mentioned at the top of the podcast, the Rays have added a third catcher to the 40-man roster, and that is Renee Pinto. And joining us to chat about him is the head of minor league operations for the Rays, and that's Jeff McLaren. Jeff, thanks very much for a few minutes. Hey, absolutely, Neil. Happy to join. I would guess that Renee's story is one of the really uh, bright spots in in a loaded farm system, a guy who really has gone through the gamut to get to this point, to get to the 40-man roster? Yeah, I mean, this is a real success story um, from, you know, Renee's starting with us all the way back in, you know, signing in, I think, the fall of 2013, um, you know, to this long of a journey, eight years to to get to this point. It's, uh, 
been some ups and downs, certainly, and not a guy that, you know, came in with the pedigree that this was always predestined to happen. And um, to see it come all the way to this point, and, and really he's earned every bit of this. And to see him, you know, get here and be on the doorstep of helping our big league club uh, and, and a championship caliber big league club is, is really exciting. You know, he was always a guy, though, that while he may not have had that big pedigree, there was a point where he was fairly well thought of. I, I think as he was coming to the States, he put up, you know, some really good numbers um, overseas and also did well at, at the rookie league level. But what's really allowed him to take off this past year, do you think? You know, I think, you know, this the, the latest kind of um, <clears throat> set of improvements really started uh, last year at the alternate training site. I know we've, we've mentioned it with other players before, but that experience was really crucial for his um, his development to get to this point. I think that the chance that he got all summer to face off against some really, really tough, um, you know, major league caliber pitching, getting to work with major league caliber pitchers. Um, you know, that was an area of, of Renee's game all the way through that has been uh, a spot for, for improvement for him, um, managing a pitching staff, working with guys, uh, game calling him to spend all summer working with guys like Shane McClanahan, Shane Boz, and getting to get those reps day in and day out were, were huge. And I think we saw some of the strides from that um, this year. And we got to the point where down the stretch, he was the guy, if, if there happened to have been an injury at our big league club and, and everyone was confident that he could handle uh, a big league pitching staff. And that always was, wasn't always the case in, during his journey, but certainly got to that point this summer. So has he grown more in the game calling area or on the offensive side? Because this year he had 20 homers, 60 ribbies, and an 800 plus OPS. And I think going into this year, he had 24 home runs total in his minor league career. So that's a monstrous jump offensively. For sure. I think there's, there's been a lot of uh, work that Renee has done, um, you know, in, in, in the weight room and with his strength and conditioning and getting stronger and working with our, our hitting coaches and coordinators um, in terms of, of, you know, not, I wouldn't say reworking his swing. He's always been a solid offensive player, but being able to, to use that strength um, and turn it into production. And again, that's something I think some of the groundwork was laid in 2020 and the alternate site and really continued this year um, with the work that he put in in Montgomery and Durham. And uh, yeah, he, he's a guy that is, he could be looked at as, as a above average offensive catcher. And um, with the gains that he's made defensively, that's a really good player that's worthy of going on to a, a playoff team's 40 man. And while you mentioned, you know, the, the growth that he's made offensively and in terms of the position he's played, you guys have played him too at first base too, to make sure he's versatile enough where he can be used. And that can probably help a manager in game if, if the need is there. Certainly, certainly. I mean, I think something that we've, you know, as we've mentioned before, we have a lot of depth in our minor league system and it's important for us to, to get guys reps and um, getting them into the lineup as many ways as we can in order to, to keep that offensive development, even if we, you know, have another catcher on the roster that, that, um, that needs to get some time. And so I think it's been beneficial for Renee too, just getting some reps over there at first base, you know, keeps him athletic and works on his agility and all those things play into making him a better catcher. And also, like you said, yeah, moving forward, this gives, you know, whatever manager he's playing for a little bit of extra flexibility with the roster that he can, he can go over to first base and help out. We chatted with Mike Sanino a little bit about Renee. And he said, when we were in spring training together, 
He was the first guy into the weight room. He was the first guy on the field. Is that always the way he's been? Or has there also been a maturation process or maybe a, a sense more of urgency because he was going into his free agent year? Yeah, I think there's, you know, I, I do think, you know, part of his, his maturation is is that initiative uh, to to really put in the work. He's always, you know, I don't think there's been too many questions about his work ethic while he's working. He gives you everything he's got. But yeah, that that extra drive. Um, I do think that that is something that Renee's seen. He's, he's been a guy that's gotten the opportunity to play in, you know, the Venezuelan. And I think seeing how some um, major league caliber players at that level go about their business really has helped him to, to kind of lay a, a path for him to continue to get better, um, you know, outside the lines, not only between them. You guys also elected to have him as part of the taxi squad. What do you think he, gained from an experience like that and how helpful can that be in his development going forward? I think it was, it was really helpful um, to see how guys like Mike Zanito and, and Mejia go about their business. Like I was saying, he, he likes to, to learn from veteran players and to get to see those guys up close and personal and how they, you know, plan for opposing lineups, how they work with their pitchers to get the most out of them. Um, some of those things are, things you can learn in a classroom, but it's so much different getting to see it up close and, and personal and, and to, um, you know, get those live reps. You know, Renee was catching guys in the bullpen down the stretch um, in the play, in, into the playoffs, and th- those were huge moments for him and his development. Who got to deliver the message that he was uh, getting put on the 40-man roster and how how was it received? So, yeah, we, um, we had a, a few people on the phone. Um, Renee is a, a popular guy, and we try to – you know, try to make sure that the people delivering the message are, are folks that were um, integral in, in his development with us. And so, um, you know, Carlos Rodriguez was on the phone, who, who was the scouting director when he signed. Uh, Ronnie Blanco, who had run our Venezuelan Academy um, and continues to be involved in our international operations, as well as Tomas Francisco, our catching coordinator, were all on the line um, to deliver the news to him. And, Ed, you know, as, as expected, Renee, super excited to hear it. Um, you know, this is a long journey for, for anyone and, and for, you know, him to get this, this news, you know, not unsure if he's going into free agency or, or if he's going to be on the big league roster and to, to, to hear it, he was, he was pretty overjoyed. And I would think Jeff, and obviously ultimately this decision comes from the top, but you know, if, if he went to free agency, regardless of how you guys felt about him, he probably was going to be signed to a major league deal somewhere. Correct. You know, I, I, from what we've heard around the game and, you know, the scouts that we've come across in ballparks that all seem to rave about him, I, I think he probably would have been a um, high priority target for some other teams. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm you know excited that he's going to be, be a Ray. Well, we're glad to hear all the good things about him and how he's taken steps forward, Jeff. We appreciate a few minutes and uh, hopefully he is part of a successful 2022 season for the race. Thanks for having me on, Neil. Certainly appreciate the time of – Jeff McLaren on the minor league side for the Rays to give us some perspective on one Rene Pinto and also Mike Sanino for being with us on the podcast. Now, as we speak and as we record this, uh, the Rays front office 
headed out to the GM meetings in California. So that'll be the early part of the week. And here in the month of November, the next big date that comes up is November the 19th. That's when you have to put players on the uh, 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. So I'd expect that if anything happens at the GM meetings, it leads to a trade. That's one thing, but they may lay the groundwork for some things that have to be done before the 19th of November or on the 19th of November. Uh, Also, we'll know on Monday whether the Rays do have finalists in the Rookie of the Year Award, the Manager of the Year Award, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll probably have blogs about that and any developments as they come. So stay tuned to our blog, raysradio.mlblogs.com. And we'll have podcasts, uh, again, as things warrant during the course of this month of November. Thanks very much for being with us, and we will talk with you soon. 